All right, welcome into the Ryan Ripkin Show, episode 55. Guys, took a little while to get here. Um, yeah, a little bit of a, of a snafu. Um, and, and I see we got a lot of comments on here. Obviously, it's been a big day. I think, I don't know, my emotions were very high from the last incident in the last 30 to 40 minutes. Birdland and everyone has different emotions because of what happened today. Uh, but let's go around the panel real quick of who we have in studio with us today. We have Zach and yeah. Kevin are here. We got Brad behind, as always. Brad, how are we doing? Good, good. Better than you. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> and I know you put out a poll on what kind of transpired. Oh, yeah. I, I did. And honestly, it was actually remarkably close. I don't know who started to figure out, but it looks like the, the, the crowd got it right because it was like it was dead nuts close. Everybody had a vote uh, all the way up to about five minutes ago. So the options were of why we were late this time. And it's like, it's like a thing now, right? Cause it's all got, they got, I got my phone stolen once you always get, get uh, traffic is always a problem. There's always something uh, this time around. I, I let, uh, let the, the people choose whether you lost the key to the studio. Kevin's cat puked all over the house, which by the way, has <laughs> happened. Yes, it did happen. My, my phone was stolen again. Zach got into a fender bender, and Ryan, you actually you, you, they actually got it right. Forty percent said that you lost the key to the studio, and that's actually what happened. That's very accurate. And and I actually I was leaving uh, the parking lot, and I it's like you have that that my spider sense was tingling. Where I'm like, you know what, something doesn't feel right. And I checked my wallet; key wasn't in there, and it's a key card. And I stopped. Pulled off the highway, no key in the car, went back to the parking lot. Luckily, it was right there on the line, where right where I left my car. Uh, but it was very stressful. And it's one of those feelings you sit, you, I think we've all done it. Like you forget yeah. something yep. and it just eats at you. And then when it's self-inflicted like this was, it's even worse. But it's okay. Want to move it back? Go no. forward. Forward? Yeah. Oh, is that better? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. way better. There you go. Way better. Well, hey, we finally made it. Sorry for being late, everyone. This is episode 55. No Rocco today, just given uh, the circumstances. And because of so much going on, actually, Rocco, he has to do his job, which is to cover what's going on, especially yeah. down in spring training. We're going to dive into a lot because I can see some messages, Brad, and you even pulled some up. Is yeah. the sky falling? Is the world over after the first day of spring training? The answer is absolutely. <laughs> not but we're going to be here why and tell you why everything is going to be a-okay and if you're listening on youtube thank you if you're new to the channel hit that like and subscribe button we also are on apple and spotify trying to expand on the podcast platform so if you can't watch us at least listen to us you don't have to look at kevin zach and i and brad <laughs> yeah all right so uh where do we want to start with here we're going to do some spicy topics to start off then we're going to dive deep into the orioles content and uh, I know there's a lot of worries about the pitching department side. I have a breakdown tonight on a pitcher that arguably could be the best, regardless of the circumstances in Grayson Rodriguez. That's coming on later in the show. So where do where do we want to start here, Brad? What you got for us? I listen. This was a this was a hot topic over overnight. You you tweeted about it, which oh. and, uh, hilariously. I mean, it was just you made a joke about it. But if you guys don't know who Brandon Walker is, you should. He's, he's one of the biggest personalities on Barstool. And he made claims, Ryan, that your pops, Kyle Ripken Jr., his streak was overrated. 
Take a listen to this. I think the Cal Ripken games record is the most overrated thing in sports. That is my statement. I think he played baseball, first of all. So whoever's got the football record is way more impressive, and we don't celebrate that. Whoever's got the hockey record is way more impressive. Uh, we don't talk about that. Whoever's got the basketball record is way more impressive. We don't talk about that. We did talk about the football record, actually, didn't we? Probably. Like, isn't that like? Is wasn't Joe Thomas? Wasn't that talked about all the time with him? He never missed a snap for the Browns. Yeah, but it certainly wasn't talked about to the level that Cal Ripken. Like, like ESPN shut down a whole summer. Well, because Joe, Joe Thomas didn't make it to two thousand games. Yeah, because he didn't. He didn't. They don't have that many games. They're, well, maybe baseball has more. Maybe games. I mean the, the, the NFL does. You're saying Joe games. Thomas should have played in base? Should play baseball? No, I'm saying that that there are more NFL games. They're, the Browns were playing this year. Oh, so you think? Like, should yeah. there be 162 NFL games a year? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying Joe Thomas had the opportunity to play. Oh, he didn't have to stop games. playing. Is what you're that's saying. what I'm saying. Okay. He's a quitter. Is yeah. what I'm saying. So that's exactly what I'm saying. To get to 2,000 games, Joe Thomas would have had to play until age what two, two or three hundred. Yeah, and nobody, I mean, nobody stopped him from doing that. Himself, you know, he could have <laughs> tried at least. Ryan, you got the floor. Oh gosh. Well, you know what? I, I love, I actually laughed, you know, because he, Brandon knew what he was doing with that. Like he, I hope he did. Right. Because when you make a, a comment like that, and honestly it was late at night, I was ready to go to bed and I like to have fun with the guys. So I just tweeted out at whoever saw it. It was just, I just said, agreed. Anyone can play 16 and a half straight years. And um, I woke up and all of a sudden it had quote tweets, reposts, comments here and there. Some people legitimately pissed. Like yeah. legitimately <laughs> pissed. Then people like me were just like, oh, I like stirring the pot a little bit. We're just stirring it up. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. But I joked about saying the 16 and a half straight years. You have to not only, again, I'm not only giving Calvin a lot of credit here, but I'll give him credit here. 16 and a half years of playing consecutive. I think all of us can talk about it. I didn't make it to school for like four straight years in high school, you know, let alone forever going to going to a job, right? But nowadays, playing that many games in a row, we don't see it. I think Whit Merrifield had the, the longest streak of recent time, and that was like 531 games. The second part of this is that you have to be good for that amount of time, too. They're not going to be like, hey, you got a game streak going. Oh, but you haven't gotten a hit in two months, or you're hitting below 200. We're going to replace you. So uh, he was having a lot of success with it. But, Brad, above all, like it just was – yeah. It's just Twitter X. Well, you know, and it, and it got the clicks. James is right. Clicks, clicks, yeah. clicks. It did, and here we are. It did. Here's what I will say to that. Barstool RTD, Eric RTD, actually wrote a blog about this, about what Brandon had said, and then Brandon then doubled down on it uh, and responded to the tweet saying Luke Eric set the record. Uh, then a disease made him sit. Cowherkin decided to, to er decided early to break the record, and then the entire franchise had to. Ben, to help him do it. Also, the game streak in every other team sport will be more revered than baseball. I don't even know who holds the longest streak in hockey, but he probably sucked. Uh, but to you know, you don't have to give him all the credit. I will, Ryan. But Calvin Jr. also was just an elite player for that long. Like it wasn't just that. Like uh, the Orioles were just trying to get him across the finish line, right? Like he had stats that were, in some cases, better than Derek Jeter's. And and, and and Derek had a couple of stats for better. Derek got hit more times by by baseballs than than your than your father did. 
Um, but like he was just playing at an elite level. And I think that's, that's the case that I'm trying to make. It's like, it wasn't just that he just showed up every day. It was that he played, he, he, I'm sure fought through plenty of stuff. We've talked about injuries or whatever he might've had. So like, it's, it's not even just about the streak itself. It was just that he actually played that many games in a row through, through everything at an elite level. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did. All right. right. He did. He did. All right. And, um, you know, people like to stir up, stir up the pot for it. You know, the Orioles had their struggles uh, for such a long time. I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I mean, Zach, you're you're on I mean, Twitter. You and Kevin yeah, are on I mean, Twitter. It guys. Is, uh, <laughs> it, I think it, people in the comments hit on the head. It's just for clicks, and that's kind of that's what they got. I mean, we're sitting here talking about it. Brandon Walker and them, like, they're big football guys. This is like kind of their downtime, you know? So they were like, what do we do after the Super Bowl? What are the topics? Let's stir the pot and debate if Cal Ripken Jr.'s Iron Man streak is less important than it is. Like, it's just that downtime of year. These are when these big storylines start coming out and you start questioning, oh, actually, so and so is the greatest of all time at such and such position, just because there's nothing else to really talk about. Even the NBA and NHL are at that lull period where it's like, it's not yet the playoff push, but it's just every sport's either done, it's the off season, or it's kind of in that mid-season lull. And then he's like, oh, well, it's it's okay, well, the football one is more impressive for hockey, but just because baseball isn't a like contact sport like that doesn't mean it's not impressive what he was able to do. I mean, to be able to keep your body in that shape and to be at the level he was at, I'm not going to take away from the street because baseball, you don't get hit in baseball like you do in football. I think to me that argument, because if you're a pro athlete, you got to keep your body right and got to get it ready to go every single season. And it's not like people don't get hurt in baseball. It's, yeah. it's not like there are no injuries. We're going to talk about injuries in a couple minutes here. Like yeah, I mean, injuries you, happen across all sports. You could even, if you want to use that logic, football players get six days between each game and Cal had to play every single day. You know, they're, they're, each sport has its gives and takes. You know, yes, football's more physical, but there's one of those a week where Cal could be playing seven games in seven days. If there's a doubleheader, he could be playing eight games in seven days. So it's like, and if there's two doubleheaders, it's nine games in yeah, seven days. Do not even get me started if there's a third doubleheader in that week because then that's, <laughs> and that's ridiculous. Or if you were at that 33 Rangers went over the Orioles, that's like three games in one. Yeah. And that well, was a doubleheader. We're not even talking about well, what could happen if it goes to extra innings. There you go. Okay. So, so, so three doubleheaders. And 18 in a game. That's like 11 games in seven days. Uh, we got so off topic. Yeah, we so, how about this? Anyone that plays also like Brett Favre playing all those consecutive games? Like football, yeah. Football is brutal. Like yeah. to go out there and play, uh, it's awesome. It just, yeah. And, but the thing is, above all, the, the you have to be consistently available, mm -hmm. battle through whatever you're battling through, and you got to be damn good. Uh, all these players, for football, whatever sport, you have to be good enough for that longevity. Uh, and I'll kind of leave it at that. You know, it's, it is what it is. Um, uh, and also Joe, I just saw you say like, um, I don't even know what that's referring to with the Kevin Costner thing. That whole rumor, by the way, I'm not going to talk about it is the dumbest except, fucking except you are talking about. No, yeah. the only thing I'm going to say is that is the dumbest fucking rumor of all rumors. And I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. All right, let's move on. Let's move on of all of that. So it is spring training, right? Yeah. And, um, the, the guys, you know, how, let's let's do a positive note on today because a lot was negative. Everyone was freaking out. What do we think of the jerseys and the Horrible. hats and 
horrible. You don't like it? Not a fan? Not fanatics. What is it? Is it fanatics, fanatics. and Nike now? Yeah. It's just, and this isn't just the Orioles. This is league wide. The jerseys just do not look good right now. And I understand they are spring training jerseys, so I'm not going to judge or say that they're ruining the regular season jerseys. Every year they try different things out with spring training jerseys and hats, but I will say they look, the Orioles look like a bunch of orange highlighters walking around <laughs> this, the complex right now. Like every video, you just see these little orange. Hi- yeah. They're so it's, bright. It's, it's like a spray tan. I, I, like a spray tan. I, I honestly, so, okay, I saw this. Um, Craig Kimmel, no, or, hey, or, uh, no. dope, dope hats. Hats good. Like, honestly, I'm kind of, the hats are growing on me. Yeah, yeah. The orange on orange, it just, it doesn't move the needle. Yeah. It, it really doesn't for me. But so bright. It's like an it, orange. It, it's, it's just yeah, just very orange. But if but if they're rocking the the black unis, hell yeah, I'm, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's great co- coordination. They're a little too orange for me. I gotta say, uh, second person in that video, Dean Kramer, friend of the program. Oh, big good hair, look good, good hair, great, fantastic. Good hair. Hair. Yeah, can we talk about how good his hair looked going in there? For oh that day? yeah, oh, he's, in the, he's in the back there. Yeah, he's in the waves. Yep, waves on right waves on waves. Looks great. Well, talk about when you're saying about the hat. Well, Dean has to keep his hair up when he pitches, but yeah. when that when the hair can just be let out, oh man, um, that orange that orange reminds me a little bit more of like the Astros orange. That's what. It yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, agree. I can, I can see that. I can see that. Well, uh, at least we're talking about the jerseys. That that is not obviously what people were focused on today. With a lot of different uh, news coming out, the Orioles injuries, which. Again, we are going to dive deep into that. Don't worry, everyone. We just want to get to a couple other things in the program that we think is fun to talk about because this kind of is our What's Spicy discussion. And if you have any questions, too, we'd love to put questions up at the end and and hear your comments. Again, you guys drive the show, by the way, whether you're listening on Spotify and Apple, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. I think that's the common denominator. But, Brad, uh, I think another thing of news, let's go to a different team for a second, but this is just kind of fascinating because it involves a, a star in the league, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, right? The guy that hits a bunch of home runs. No one loves the home run derby more than Pete Alonzo, by the way, too. Uh, interesting comments from the, the new uh, authority in New York with the Mets about Pete Alonzo's potential re-signing or lack of with the Mets moving forward. So let's play that, Brad. Pete Alonzo, you said essentially to focus on this season. Do you anticipate not um, discussing with him a long-term deal until next offseason, or do you, was that going to be broached before the season? I, I think that's probably the most likely outcome. We're, we're not going to get into the specifics of, of any particular negotiation. Um, I'm not going to provide you guys updates uh, on our on any conversations that uh, exist back and forth. But um, look, when you have a really talented player who's really good, who's entering his final year of club control, who happens to be represented by Scott Boris, um, these things generally end up uh, into free agency. And we understand that. This is an organization that's dealt with that before with really good players, um, and it's ended up in a perfectly fine spot. So, uh, yeah, I have not seen Pete here yet. Haven't talked to him here yet. Um, but what we're going to talk about is, look, let's go out and have a great year together. Um, you go out, have a great year. Um, let's have a great year as a team. And uh, if we do that, we're both going to be set up, the organization and Pete, going to be set up very well 
um, going into the offseason. That was like, let's push this under the rug and uh, not worry mm-hmm. about it. But Pete Alonso is actually not going to be a Met next year. We're not going to talk. I mean, you know, it's interesting. If you just let it out, we'll just conclude with talking about this after the season. You know, we love, you know, Pete's a great player and we'll see how it works out. Yeah. You know? Uh, but as soon as you drop Scott Boris, by that, the way, it that's is all funny. he had to say. That's all he had to yeah. say. If we're being honest, <laughs> all he had to say was, listen to the report. Listen, we tried. But Scott Boros refuses to let guys sign early, knowing that they can get market price yeah. and go see there. I think I'm not going to lie. The first time I listened to that, I was like, what is like? what do you mean you're not trying to negotiate with your star player? And then he was like, you know, he's got Scott Boris. And I was like, oh, yep, makes sense. Yeah, it's like you had me at Scott Boris Yeah, is, is, is like what it was. Is he the only in like the only agent in any sport? I feel like that people like the casual fan. It's like, oh, yeah, I know Scott Boris. Because Rich, every Rich, Rich Paul in the NBA is yeah. another one. Mm-hmm. But NFL wise, I guess it's a. Uh, Rosenhaus is, yeah, is the one, yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah. And then, so those are like the big three. If yeah. you're a, if you're a casual sports fan, it's got it's got for us, right? Like, yeah, well, right. it's probably the only agent in all of sports you you know you recognize the name. You don't even have to say Scott; you just say Boris. Yeah, and it's like, oh <laughs> yeah. So, but and also Money talk, and also for Orioles fans, you guys want to guess who his clients are? <sighs> Sadly, I know. <laughs> yeah, you, want, you want it? You have got, Gunner, and he's got Jackson. You got Jackson Holiday and uh, Corbin. Yeah. So, if you guys think extensions are coming early, uh, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Uh, another one also is Juan Soto. So at least there's a positive. New well, York Bri- Yankees, Brian Cashman yeah. just came out and said that uh, he said, "Well, there's nothing stopping Juan from hitting for agency next year." And you know, a big reason for that is mm-hmm. Mr. Scott Boris. <laughs> so there you go. And like you know, what's going to happen? But if you really like a guy, you make an offer. That's and right. Scott gets the most for his players, yeah. and then he gets a lot of money. It's you know, it's. It's, like what, Mike, it's like what Mike Elias said, what was it, earlier the offseason or last year about uh, if they were working on extensions for Gunner. He was like, I call Scott every day. <laughs> and he's like, I'm trying, but it, it takes two to tango. And Boros is not going to take a cheap deal just because his guy is, you know, young and buying out years. He's going to take that chance and get a lot of money. Which, again, like, it's it goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. A guy like Corbin Carroll was, like, almost a discount. You know, yeah. Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., when you think about what the production could be for some of these guys, but it's stability versus you're playing the long game. And in this case, the long game is hopefully maximizing your earnings, which Scott Boris has done a tremendous job. And all the players that we've mentioned – we all believe are going to cash out. They are some of the best players mm-hmm. in the game of baseball today. All right, last thing in our spicy comments here um, before we move on. Let's move to another thing as we finally like wrap up. There's not a lot of or- Ravens news. There's not a lot of football news in general. But the one incident that we did talk about on Monday was an incident that happened in the Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl. It had to do with Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. And actually, Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey talked about it on their New Heights podcast about that little bit of uh, that incident, so to speak, between Kelsey and Reed. And we want to have you guys all listen to it for a second. So let's play it. Oh, you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get 
that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I took a back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know. Hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f***ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he would have cold cocked me in the face right there, I would have just ate it and just been like, yeah, let's f***ing go. I'm not trying to make this situation acceptable, but this is what happens when you have highly motivated, passionate individuals. This doesn't happen if you and Andy are as close as you are that's what nobody knows the reason this happens is because you two love each other so much and respect each other so much that you feel open enough to have an interaction like this it wasn't me mad at coach reed as as it looks it was the frustration of our team not having success turning the ball over and me being on the sideline on the sideline damn it it was pleading with your head coach to let you go out there and win this mother that's what it was. Me and you both know what it was. Andy knows what you mean to him and what he means to you. So I, I think actually what I love is a couple things. One, like Kelsey saying, like, dude, you messed up. And yeah. Travis being like, yeah, I, I messed up. Actually, my favorite part of it was he goes, if he just punched me right in the face, mm -hmm. I would have I taken it and deserved it. I think mm -hmm. you could say what you want about Kelsey with all the stuff that's going on, the antics. What I do love about them, the accountability of the moment right there, he owned up. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's on me. Mm -hmm. But they did get the job done, and they do have a really close relationship. Like, we don't know their relationship. Mm -hmm. But I will say, if I knocked I, – I got to see some, uh, some old coaches recently myself. If I knocked over one of my coaches and they got hurt, like, that would have eat, eaten away at me. But yeah. then the public would have eaten you alive, and they already were. But uh, they won, and they're Super Bowl champs. Yeah, big bro had to call them out. I think that's what it ended up what what ultimately ended up happening. I don't know if Travis Kelsey even would have said anything had Jason not called him out on that. But what I also wanted to take note of was that if Andy Reid retires, so does Ch uh, Travis Kelsey. Thought Ooh, that very was good point. Interesting yeah. uh, point to make that he he made in that conversation. So, um, hey, I mean, I think there's been a lot of rumors flying around about Andy Reid and how much longer he's going to be coaching for. He's 65 years old, so he's got plenty of time. But he can hang it up whenever he wants. So interesting interesting note to make i do think that conversation was genuine mm -hmm. but like i i like believed everything that travis and jason were saying but i think the thing that like made it all click for me was i do agree where if they weren't that close and like just some random player bumped andy reed like that i don't know how it would have gone down and i think everybody understood what it was but again he crossed the line and we can all say he said everybody said he crossed the line but i would be curious and, and if we're talking about the world of hypotheticals, what the situation would have been made about if the Chiefs had lost that game. Because yeah. winning cures everything. So mm -hmm. I don't know how big of a spectacle it would have been made or what the conversation would have been. But the fact that they won, I think kind of has everybody say, oh, it's fine because they won. I, I think yeah. that's kind of where the conversation is going. Yeah. No, completely. And I, I will say, I think every time I see clips of him and, you know, clips from New Heights, I love Jason Kelsey so much. They also later on the episode talked about the uh, luchador mask. Apparently he oh, found that, that he found that on the floor <laughs> at the first after party. And Travis was like, 
did you wash it at all? And Jason was like, if you find a luchador mask, you don't ask questions. He was like, you just put it on. And then he was like, I only had it on for like half the time. And Travis was like, no, dude, you wore that the entire rest of the night. And he was like, oh, damn. So I just love everything about Jason Kelsey. Well, you know, I think everybody loves yeah. Jason. Like, I think that's the one player across the entire league right now. Can't hate everyone. Him. You can't. His passion for his teammates. He likes to have fun. He seems like he's one of the guys, right? So, um, yeah, that shout out that like both of them. It, it's turned out to be a huge success for both of them. Jason Kelsey and Travis are both going to be Hall of Famers too. Like it's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. But Jason's career after football it's is going to be electric. I don't want him to retire yet. I really don't. No. I want to keep him continuing to play for the Eagles because I love watching him go to work and play. But when he's done, it's going to be really fun to watch what he's got next uh do did want to point out this we always appreciate these types of comments so be more crew i look forward to Thank this you. every week and not just once but twice kevin there's the clap clapping there it is there we go you guys keep doing this uh, we we appreciate that and for those that don't know we do this every monday and thursday we might have some more added days in as we get closer to the start of the baseball season gonna have to change the schedule up a little bit because i am doing stuff on uh on tv locally here i'm doing stuff with 105.7 the fan but we are going to have the Ryan Ripken show here all the time. But hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss out when we have videos coming up, whether it's from the live stream or, heck, if I'm trying to break something down or when we finally give Zach the opportunity to come up and use this monitor, which I'm a little bit terrified, but eventually the day will come. Yeah. We're going to break down some fun stuff on that monitor. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, sugar. All right. Let's, let's move on here for a second. That covers our spicy topics here. Hey, guys, I think it's a good time as we segue into our Orioles content for this evening. Uh, why don't we get on our Adams Jeep here Thank and start you. riding? Yeah. Kevin's doing the maracas again. Uh, I'm just going to – I'm yeah. going to – I'm riding dirties. That's yeah. way oh. better. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin, the windshield wipers aren't on there, bud. <laughs> it's so – I'll, I'll get it down one day. I'll it get it down one day. the way, like, the mic is in Kevin's face. But right, it it's always like cracks me up when I look over him, Kevin. <laughs> I'll get it down. I'll get, I'll get it down one day. I'll get it down one day. So for those that don't know, our sponsor, Adam's Jeep of Maryland, which is this beautiful sign right behind me. Oh, got it. You got it right this time. Uh, Adam's Jeep of Maryland, proud sponsor of the Ryan Ripken Show. You're going to see a lot more involved with, with them and us moving forward. But, again, you need any service done, let alone you want to go buy a car, go buy with them. They're fantastic Jeeps. are incredible cars. Brad's is going up and down uh, the East Coast for I don't know how long, but that thing is a beast. But when I talk about the service and the care, I'm not kidding. They are the best in the business. And tell them that we sent you, too. Uh, they do like most of us, sometimes yeah. like Zach, but definitely yeah, don't know. like Rocco. Um, but uh, you guys should go check them out. They are incredible. Uh, Brad, do you have a new poll up here? I'm getting a little distracted. You have, you have I do. A poll up in the I do have a I'm assuming it's Strums versus Flats. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense with the comments. You know what's crazy? There's 14 votes so far, and it is 50-50. Yes. Well, us four can be. Well, I guess that Rocco's not here to be the tiebreaker. But are we going to go around? Go ahead. What do you got? Drums or flats? Yeah, flats. Yeah, flats for me too. It's really close for me. I, I'll go flats. Yeah, drums. There it is. Three to one. <laughs> drums. Like I. Three to one. I kind of regretted saying flats the second I said it. <laughs> I don't we, know. We got to text Rocco, and he'll he'll be the tiebreaker. He, you know, he's got to pick drums. I'll do it. Yeah, he, uh, he's, a, he's a drum guy. All right, so while you text Rocco and see how he is doing, tell him I say hello, hope all is well. 
Let's talk a little bit about the Orioles, guys. So we talked about, obviously, spring training. Everyone was fired up in Birdland. They had all the tweets set out. Like, Zach had his 3,000 tweets already set in his drafts. But it felt like it wasn't just you, Zach. It was everybody. Yeah. Everyone balls to the wall, excited. And then the next day happened, meaning today. Tuesday, sorry, Thursday, January. Jeez, wow, my days are off. <laughs> Let's start again. It's February. Jeez. Right. Second day of spring training, February 15th. It's a, it's a Thursday. Okay. Unique New York. Uh, a lot of news came out. Injury report, mm-hmm. guys. Uh, a lot of birds are banged up uh, down in Sarasota. The biggest name being Kyle Bradish reported to have a UCL sprain. There's a couple different reports here on this, guys. So we'll talk about this the most. Because the Gunnar Henderson one, to be honest, guys, eh. I'm not very concerned with that. Even though hurting your oblique, have you guys ever had an OB strain? I know mm-hmm. you have, though. No. So oh. I was thinking, oh, when, when we get into Gunner, you can talk about your experiences. Oh, that. oh yeah, I can talk. I, I, I got some. But I, I feel fully comfortable that that's going to be good for him and plenty of time. John Means being sent back or set back a little bit. We saw that he wasn't healthy for the ALDS, was left off the roster. So you know that there's something going on there. But the biggest one is Kyle Brash because when you see the words UCL, mm-hmm. UCL, yeah. freak out to anything, nobody panic, everybody panic. And I think everybody yeah. on Twitter panicked today, Zach. Oh, yeah, you think? Uh, yeah, the second, I will say, Rock Kabako, it was like just – put the lit the chopper up he was just firing off just gut punch after gut punch to birdland it was like kyle bradish ucl soreness sprain then you had john means is a month behind schedule boom gunner henderson is dealing with oblique then samuel basayo with a i don't want to say is it fractured elbow but it's not it's a uh something stress fracture stress fracture i knew it wasn't just a so it did like it all hit immediately and i do not think people were ready for that honestly i think think that's what made it worse is everyone was so excited it was yeah we this is the year we've been waiting for this it's like we're full go and then they got there and it's like well these are the you know the orioles finally were like well here are the we have to report these now here are the injuries that happened and people were like wait what well that's exactly what it was where i think the excitement has been there for so long with this team and it's oh we get to spring training it's the second day and then all this stuff comes out, and it's like, you know, we couldn't go more than two days without having all these these things happen. But I think, Zach, you, you emphasized that Jim Palmer yeah. ended up saying, look, you'd rather have them now mm-hmm. as opposed to August yeah. or yeah. September before the playoffs start. So you get everybody right now. It still stinks, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have them in February than in August. Yeah, you would definitely rather have guys banged up in on February 15th than October 15th. Yep. Well, and, and Brandon describes it right there. Rock, everyone was worried about him. Like, hey, is he okay? Because he yeah. wasn't tweeting out. And then all of a sudden, Rock comes back and just unloads on yeah. all this news that, that was um, put out there into the social media universe. Uh, but let me just explain a little bit about this. So, and you guys know this. We've talked about it. These injuries aren't that they just happen in spring training, right? Yeah. This was something that happened over the offseason. The team's not going to go, hey, let's tell all the fans what's happening every second of the offseason. That's not how it's going to work. First injury report, they have to. So all these injuries are probably been built up for quite mm-hmm. some time, some more extensively, like they gave a little bit more of a timeline with Sam Basayo. Yeah. Kyle Bradish did say that he had an injection. Yeah. He's going to start his throwing program. Tomorrow, actually, which tells you immediately that this has – been something that they were aware of and have been working with because this was something that just popped up one he wouldn't have had the injection i don't think you can throw for 
a few weeks or like a month after the injection. So the fact that he's going to start his throwing program tomorrow shows you that he is well a good bit into his rehab sort of process. Yeah, and honestly, I think the rehab is just getting going, if I'm yeah. being completely honest, and I'll explain that a little bit more. But that was the reason why, in my mind, the mm -hmm. Corbin Burns move happened the way it did. The Orioles were always interested in going after a top-end pitcher. Yeah. But knowing this information, the timing of it seems even more right. And now Corbin Burns is going to be there. Be there. You have Grayson Rodriguez, you have Dean Kramer, and you still have other options to be in the starting rotation, whether that be Tyler Wells, Cole Irving, you name it, there's guys that you can choose from. Now, with the Kyle Braddock situation, a couple of things you're going to hear. So one, Rock's just saying UCL sprain. And some people think a sprain is just, oh, it's everything's okay. Then Jeff Patson reports, oh, it's a UCL sprain that has a tear. That was his report. Personally, for me, this is where it gets very, very tricky. And I just want to tell Birdland, as much as you want to stay optimistic, and I want Kyle to, to be out there, he's going to do everything in his power to try to pitch this year. No doubt in my mind. But I think it is fair to say that you cannot hold your breath that Kyle Bradish is actually going to go out and pitch this year. I know that people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, Ryan, the sky is falling. No, I'm not trying. I'm just trying to be realistic with you guys. I'm talking about Kyle Bradish's career here. Mm -hmm. friend, know, of the friend of the program, friend of the show. He's a guy that we're looking at the long term here. This isn't Game 7 World Series Try to get him back. And if there is a tear... Yeah. More than likely, it's going to need to have some sort of rehab, whether it's you think you can do it without surgery. Okay, more times than not, there has to be something that has to happen for him to get back. Every pitcher is different. The other example I want to use on this different pitcher, though, but Dylan Tate last year, the expectation mm -hmm. was he was going to pitch last year. When you're injured coming into the season, it is very, very hard, specifically what part of your body's injured. Yeah. So in this case, anything to do with your arm, elbow, is all automatically you're going to be really cautioned or uh, you're going to really have like a red flag caution tape. You got to be careful. So it's a bummer. It definitely stings, but definitely not the end of the world either. But I just want Birdland to be realistic with that one. The other ones, though, guys, I'm not concerned. John Means, uh, that's something that needs to be figured out. But he had everything yeah. cleaned up. It just... Clearly, there's been some complications, obviously, after his post-Tommy John, John and coming back to pitch last year. Yeah. Uh, well, first, with the uh, Bradish sprain uh, tear thing, from this is what I was got from Twitter, and this is what a lot of people were talking about. Apparently, I guess a sprain in the UCL is always like just like a grade one tear. Like, they're different. So, right. like, like you said, just wait for more details to come out. Wait for, you know, Kyle's going to do his best to get back on the field. But then John Means is, I wouldn't even really call it an injury. It's more just the Orioles wanted to give him more rest after his, you know, he had apparently some elbow flare-ups after the playoffs, and they just wanted to, I guess, give him more time to recover and come back full strength. It's not that he's injured, really. He's just not as far into his offseason and getting back into his routine as other pitchers. Yeah, and I mean, look, you don't want to cut corners with any of these guys. Yeah. I mean, especially with Kyle Bradish, who, look, however long this takes, and we don't know the full extent of it yet. So, again, I don't want to speculate on what mm -hmm. it is. But as Ryan said, I mean, this is about a guy's career, yeah. right? I, I get the excitement. I get how fun this team is going to be. 
but you don't want to risk, you know, if that thing isn't fully ready and he goes out there and pitches and he just absolutely tears it up 10 times worse. Yeah. You know, that's not, who's that good for? It's good for nobody. Mm -hmm. So with all the injuries, they're, they're going to take the cautious approach, I think, as they should, because Ryan's right. It's not game seven of the World Series, right? We're, we're in day two of spring training, and I'm not sitting here and, and going to say the sky is falling because of it. Sure, it's still not fun to talk about, but I still think this team's exciting, and I'm sure we'll get into it. They do have depth in the rotation now, especially after acquiring Corbin Burns. So we'll yep. talk about that too. And so, and if you guys don't believe what we're saying here, by the way, Mike Elias actually touched on it today, and he is always going to be more optimistic, and he's not going to show his hand. So we're giving a little bit more background, but let's let Mike Elias. If you don't believe what we're talking about, let's play what he talked about earlier today when he was asked about the injury situation. Pitcher typically would. And in the course of that, he detected some irritation in his elbow, his throwing elbow, uh, such that we wanted to get that imaged and checked out. And um, that diagnosis revealed an injury that we would characterize as a sprain of his ulnar collateral ligament. And as a result, uh, he's behind. Um, we've got that treated with a PRP injection the early returns are very encouraging and everything is in a really good spot right now. And he's going to start his throwing progression tomorrow. Uh, but that progression is going to be something that takes some time. And uh, it, it's, everything is pointed in the right direction and going well right now at this time. Um, but I'm not at a point where I want to start putting a timeline on when we're going to see him in major league action. But right now. So there it is. Again, he's you're going to hear all the words. Encouraged, things are going well. And rightfully, right now, to be honest, that's a good sign. That's yeah. good that nothing's aggravating. But the other part of it is he hasn't done anything yet. He's mm -hmm. just been resting his arm. It's going to yeah. be now, as he starts to throw a little bit more, how does that respond to it? And it's going to be a very particular process. This isn't something mm -hmm. where you're going to go balls to the wall. And when I'm saying throwing progression for things, it might start at 20 feet. 30 yeah. feet. This is not this is not something you're to ramp up. Oh hey Kyle, next week let's get on the bump. Yeah. That I believe they said guys. uh today he was uh tossing underhand. That was he could run and toss underhand today. So like you said, the progressions, it's going to be a progression. It's going to start with, okay, now let's just see how your elbow feels after we do this for a little bit. I, I think the biggest thing though is you know about the whole like the sky is falling. As much as Kyle Bradish dominated in the second half last year and how good he was for the Orioles, and he really did become their ace, he he's not the whole team. It's not the, you know, it's the Orioles are no longer where it's one guy, and that's all we have. This team does have depth, like you talked about, Kevin. We have stars. We have Adley Rutschman, yeah. Gunnar Henderson, you know, Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez. There's so many aspects to this team in great pieces that it sucks to lose a player like Kyle I'm not we're not going to sit here and say that oh Orioles are going to rebound like nothing happened it's going to be it's a hole I mean losing a player of that caliber is never fun but the Orioles are in a position where they have so much talent where if it was go if you were going to lose a player like Kyle this was the year where you, I think we'll see less of an impact because you went out and got a guy like Corbin Burns who can step in and take over that number one role immediately. Yeah, I mean, and don't forget, too, by the way, the other guy that I'm going to talk about in a minute here, Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. Grayson Rodriguez. Pretty good. Pretty good prospect he was, and then he was a pretty damn good MLB pitcher last year, especially in the second half. 
And we have some breakdowns here to explain why that is the case a little bit later on. And for those that are new to the show, hit that like and subscribe button. We do this every Monday and Thursday and wherever we kind of feel like when we have certain guests on. We had Cedric Mullins on last Saturday. Uh, we've had Tyler Wells on. We've had Dean Kramer on. Who else am I missing here, guys? Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish. <laughs> we just talked about him. Uh, a lot of them, and we expect to have more and more really insightful interviews and times moving forward, but those days will be the special shows. And if you guys are new and you're in the comments, let us know what you're thinking, have any questions. We'd love to answer more, and we'll try to answer as much as I will we say, can. Go love, love Tyler Wells coming. I think people are really forgetting about the first half that Tyler Wells put together last year before the innings kind of and his arm uh, you know, started getting fatigued. But Tyler Wells was this team's ace last year to start the year. Well, he not even for to start the year for, for the, the first, whole first half. half. He was yeah. fantastic, and then he he things didn't go as well for really just a few starts, and then he went back, came back up in the bullpen role, and he was great. He was fantastic. So many things to 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 unlayer here, and you're not winning a World Series in what is it on February fifteenth? Got it right now. Got it right. <laughs> Got it right. Uh, I was about to. You, Zach, this song's too young for you. I was about to say, get it right, get it tight. You have zero idea what no, the lyrics that's from. No. I have um, no idea what you're what? Yeah. No. Wow. Oh, now we're done. Okay. This is <laughs> I, I mean, that's ridiculous. It's, it's great, great song. I mean, song. and it's not, well, you know, depending on if you want to consider it great or not, but it's definitely what? a classic no, for it's us. Great. Yeah. It's a classic for us. Uh, all right. So besides all that, we'll answer some more questions as they come in here for a minute, but how about this? Uh, David Rubenstein came out recently and he tweeted out that he talked then on the Bloomberg channel, on his channel, yeah. about why he wanted to buy the Orioles. And I think we have that up, Brad. I think we should play that for a moment just to hear what his words are uh, while this deal is quote unquote pending. Yeah, I got it here on Twitter. I couldn't pull it off the. Uh, oh, that's okay. Let me. Uh, no worries. We can talk for a minute. It gives us a little opportunity here to. Oh, here we go. never we mind. Here we, we go. Uh, almost $2 billion. I thought we were dancing around that. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going to go directly <laughs> at it. I mean, well, what is this? This is well. ridiculous. But I want to ask you, why? Is it a sort of nostalgia play? Is it because of the investment for, for, for the valuation? Uh, a couple of things. First, I am from Baltimore, and I grew up uh, rooting for the Baltimore Orioles. And I should point out that the league has not approved me yet. I have to be approved by the ownership committee. So a deal has been announced between uh, the current owner and a group that I put together, but it's not technically approved. Hopefully it'll be approved at some point in the not too distant future. But uh, for the time being, I would say I, I, I'm interested in it because I want to give back to my hometown. Um, I enjoy sports. Um, I think it's a, a very good investment opportunity. So for all those reasons. What's the courtship like? Do you have to go to them and explain kind of what you would do or do you have to kind of give them a sense of your commitment to Baltimore? I'm just curious about the process of this type of thing. Well, they asked if I would go on uh, surveillance and talk about it. And I said I would. <laughs> so that was the main reason that they, they agreed to let me do it. Um, I actually think that, you know, anybody that sells a sports franchise doesn't want to sell it to somebody who's going to ruin the franchise. So you have to say why you think you can make it even better than somebody's already had it, uh, did with it. So I think we can do a good job with it, but we're going to bring back a lot of people that are well-known in Baltimore. Um, Cal Ripken is a good example. We'll be investing with us and other things. So I think we can assemble a good group of people who care about Baltimore. Uh, and one of those people who care about Baltimore is a guy named Mike Bloomberg. Okay, I've heard of him. I've heard of him too. I didn't know he was an Orioles supporter. Mike today. is a graduate of Johns Hopkins and I think has given more money to Johns Hopkins than any single individual in the history of our country has given to any other one university. That is true. 
So I think roughly $5 billion, I don't know exactly, but something like that. So he cares about Baltimore and um, is happy to participate in this as well. But possibly the Red Sox a little bit more than maybe the Orioles. Maybe. I thought Boston Sports was the thing for Mike. Well, I'm going to drop by the desk after this and make sure I'm not getting in trouble. Well, Mike is probably... <laughs> Anyways, you, well, get, you get the point there. Yeah. Okay. So... Like he said, nothing's approved yet, and the things have to be approved. The The deal, there's a deal in place, but until anything's approved by the owners, nothing's going to move forward. But this is what I do love. You have a guy that's passionate about his his area. He's from the city. You know, he's from Baltimore, so it even has more of a meaning for him. But I love the fact he went through it from every single avenue. He's from the area, loves sports, thinks it's a good investment. Like, he's a business guy at the end of the day, too. And it's also a great time to then invest in a team that has so much upside moving mm -hmm. forward. And you're bringing in some great people. Maybe not one of them, but the rest are pretty solid, <laughs> uh, needless to say. So should be interesting, right? Um, but until that's all done, we won't really touch on that more. But I do love the fact that he's talking so openly about it with the mm -hmm. public. I think people love when you can be more transparent. I've seen some comments about that. Yeah. And so far, David Rubenstein has done a great job of being more transparent as much as he can right now yeah. to, the, yeah, uh, I, to the community. I actually wonder if he's going to continue to be that transparent because you see a lot of these owners that are out there that you don't even hear from them. And, and it, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We never hear from Steve Bashotti except maybe yeah. once a year. And so, but uh, you hear from Jerry Jones all the damn time. Some people see it say, see it as a good thing or a bad thing. So I'm, I'm curious to see how David Rubenstein carries himself throughout this whole thing, but it is cool to just kind of see that like, yeah, it's an investment for him. He actually earlier in that interview, he talked about how, um, uh, 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 oh shoot, uh, oh my gosh, owner okay? of the Yankees. Yeah, well, the Yankees were first purchased. They were purchased for uh, eight million. Come at the come at the Steinbrenners. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I was I was getting there. It was coming up, but uh, they bought the Yankees for eight million dollars. And obviously, you know how much they're worth now. It's it's ridiculous. And so, you know, he sees that as an investment. Talked about how like soccer teams overseas have, you know, been public or are publicly traded. And so it's uh it's an investment for him, but it's also like that personal connection. I had no idea, and maybe it's just I'm I'm not connected to that world as much. I had no idea that that Bloomberg spent or donated that much money to hockey. Oh, yeah. I knew it was a lot. I knew it was a lot, but five billion dollars? That's crazy. Well, yeah, well, and you love you love to hear that people are giving back, especially to like Hopkins mm -hmm. and people. You know, that's the other thing. People rip on stuff in Baltimore, by the way. Like, oh, Baltimore doesn't have Baltimore has some fantastic hospitals, by the way, and in, and and schools, institutions, so many great things. But everyone just wants to say, uh, oh, The Wire. It's my favorite show. <laughs> Terrifying. I know. You know. Like you, you live there. Like, yeah, we live here. Like, okay, yeah. You know, we could talk about it's that. Not forever. all The Wire. No, it's not all the wire and people in Baltimore have a lot of pride for the city. Mm -hmm. David Rubenstein in particular, a lot of pride for the city of Baltimore. And he's bringing in people that have pride for the community as well. Um, before we kind of dive in real quickly to uh, my breaking down, why don't we go through a couple of questions that I wanted to talk about for a second. And I, or one question was with the injuries, of the pitchers, because these are some uh, prospects right now. Does McDermott, Povich, uh, I might mess this up, and I shouldn't, but Ann Brewster, I think, Armbruster, have their time. Yeah. Uh, Arm Brewster, unique yeah. New York, perfect. Uh, moved up. Are their timelines going to be moved up a couple of weeks at least? You know, those are pitching prospects that have some great upside, but kind of in different roles. I think 
I don't think it's really changing their trajectory. I think, honestly, when I see a guy like McDermott who seeing what he's done and actually in hearing what I have about him, he kind of fits that portfolio to be ready to be a quote-unquote starter. But I still don't think they're going to push anything. I think they're going to be aggressive looking for other pieces that are currently already on their roster, on the big league roster, not the 40-man. And then also they're going to look and see what else is around there. Is there a veteran out there they could get? Is there a a uh, trade partner that could maybe bring in another piece. There was rumors about Jesus Lazardo again with the Marlins. Now I'm not going to believe that they're going to make another big splash like that, but you never truly know it's on the table, but, but the Orioles do have a lot more depth. I think you guys brought it up earlier. The Orioles have more depth than people are, are realizing. And they had a lot of guys last year pitch in a lot of different roles. Yeah. I can't tell you how many Jordan Montgomery tweets I saw today. <laughs> so many Jordan Montgomery tweets, but I mean, look, you have Tyler Ross, you have Cole Irvin. Those are two guys who it's almost like you're six and seven when everybody's healthy. They're your six and your seven. And yeah. if a guy gets hurt, you just you move it up, you move it up, you move it up. And those are guys who have been with the organization, Irvin for a year, Wells for longer. And you, you're not, you're not necessarily in this position, especially after already acquiring Corbin Burns, where again, the sky is falling and you got to go out yeah. there and trade all these pieces again, because they have the depth. Sure. It's not a Kyle, you know, I just had Kyle Bradish doesn't grow on trees, right? That's yeah. not what's happening here, but you have pieces that can at least fill in in the meantime and not just tank the rotation off a cliff. If everything goes according to plan here. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and that's, that's the point, right? The nothing, nothing's falling off. The Orioles still have a very, very good pitching staff without Kyle Bradish. Like mm -hmm. they, they really do. Yeah. It does definitely does hurt though. And I see a name that everyone's throwing around there is um is about Trevor Bauer. And I just I don't not that he isn't a talented pitcher. I just don't see it happening. I'm just being realistic. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are not making that move for him. And I know he's saying he can do it at a minimum. And however you feel about his situation, whether you think he was yeah. Uh, wronged, or do you think he deserves a second chance? Whatever you might think about that, that's your opinion. We're not going to get into that. But what we are going to just talk about is objectively, clearly, this isn't just one team that's saying we're not interested in Trevor Bauer. Mm -hmm. This is multiple teams throughout Major League Baseball, and I don't think that that fit is right for Baltimore right now. I don't think with everything you have going, do you want to bring – because regardless, if you bring him in, it's going to bring – a certain to bring att attention is that the attention that you want to bring and personally i don't think that's the attention that the orioles want to bring i think that they would rather and i saw another comment here is there is a possibility of breakout pitcher from the minors and that's what we're talking about with those three pitchers three minor league pitchers we just mentioned mm -hmm. one of those guys could get off to a hot start and then they're one of the answers for the team and Michael Elias always looks at value in that ways. I think that's the way that they work. I also just don't think you want to speed up those timelines anymore. I don't think you're forced if you're Baltimore to do that right now because you have a guy like Tyler Wells and another like Cole Irvin who is waiting in the wings. So mm -hmm. if you feel like you have to push a timeline like McDermott or Povich or anybody up like that, the Orioles don't have to do that right now because they're, they're, their team timeline is so long because of how yeah. young they are. So if you keep McDermott or Povich in the minors for however long it is and you just kind of have them continuing to improve there if there are other injuries on top of a Bradish and a means and, and that works out that way and you're down three starters or the worst case four okay then obviously you got to start yeah. to have those conversations but I, I just don't think we're there yet yeah I mean, remember the Orioles acquired Cole Irvin last offseason because they liked what they saw and they thought he could be a good major league pitcher so I think that's really the biggest thing is in this type of situation this is what you were prepared for you wanted 
like you said, the insurance. They were the six and seven guys in a fully healthy rotation. And now it's to the point where, yeah, those guys you're now down to, and you can perfectly slide in two reliable guys. Maybe it's not the guys that all of, you know, Birdland wanted to be, you know, making the opening day rotation, but it's two guys that are extremely solid and can come in and get the job done until means gets back until we figure out what's happening with Bradish. Yeah. And that, and that's, again, I, I think there are so many positives that are going on with the Baltimore Orioles right now. So I think that everyone needs to realize the trajectory that this team is on. There's so many different parts that we want to see what happens. And the Orioles still have a lot of guys on their team right now that are doing a tremendous job. And one of those pitchers that I believe is going to have a great year. And I want to give some positivity back. Let's get some good, positive energy back to Baltimore Orioles fans. I'm going to get up here and move for a second. And Kevin's going to talk to you guys while I get set up. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, this is a big spot for me. I, th I think I'm going to have to be the entertainment here. I will say we do have an update. Rocco did text me back. He said, Brian, hi to you. So that's good. But thank goodness. <laughs> He ended. He actually ended up going with flats. So he broke the tie, Zach. If you went with drums, he broke the tie with flats. No, but I'm going to be I'm going to be controversial. And Brad, you, you, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to get flame for this. I'm going boneless number one. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. I can't believe I said it. I can't believe I said it. Boneless well, over traditional. I would say boneless. Boneless is very close. No. To uh, but people call them chicken nuggets, right? They are. Yeah. Chicken. That, J, James just said it. James just said it. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, but I don't think that... chicken nuggets for adults. That's what it is. Okay. Enough. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah, we can yes. hear you. That's I do crazy. have another. I do have another pull out there too. Uh, that that actually looks to be causing a bit of controversy. Uh, I put a poll out that says, is it okay, okay to recline your seat on an airplane? Only 53% mm. said yes. 47% said no. And there's a healthy amount of votes in here. You ever I recline on an airplane? I feel, like there's a, I feel like you can do it, but there's a limit. Like, you can't go all the way back, right? But, like, what if someone's using their tray? Like, if the person behind you is using their tray and you go all the way back, they can't use their tray. But like I don't know, I get reclining that seat. It goes back a whole two inches. Like how much is that really? Yeah, it's it's, it's not that far. Like, but like if I were if I do it, I usually go back like one or two clicks. I don't go back. And how many clicks are? I don't really go back hey, the two, whole way. Two inches can be a lot for some. <laughs> so all right, I'm getting flamed for this bonus <laughs> thing. By the way, yeah, you know, I, listen, hey, all right, you did all it right. to yourself. You did it to yourself. <laughs> All right, so we'll, let's, right, let's dive into this now. Okay, we're going to dive in. Can you guys hear me okay? Everyone good? Having fun? Yes. All right, welcome to this part of the program where I break down, break down another Oriole, and let's have some positive feelings here, right? Because I know it's been devastating news for some to start off spring training, but I want to talk to you about a guy named Grayson Rodriguez who had one of the best second halves, not just on the Orioles, but in all of baseball. And a reason why I think he had so much success is because he finally went back to what sets everything up for him, and that is his dominant fastball. But – Dominant fastball with location. Let's talk about earlier in the season where things didn't go right because we got to start with the negative first, right? This game right here is against the Kansas City Royals. It was an early start for Grayson before he got sent back down. First batter that we're going to show you here is MJ Melendez. And let's pause this for a second. Okay, one-two count. Grayson, if you want to go with the fastball here, you're going to try to elevate this pitch to the top of the zone, right? That's the goal. Unfortunately for Grayson, as you see, 
That ball, middle of the plate, one, two. Melendez smokes it the other way. And unfortunately for him, that's a double. And actually, that was a crazy game for those that watched it. It was very high scoring. I'm going to freeze this for a second. Same game here, 2-2 count. And again, Grayson's going to go with the fastball here. But the problem is location with the fastball. And for him, the way his game plays, you got to get that pitch elevated. And you can see, I believe that's McCann behind the dish. He's looking for an elevated fastball. What happens here? Freeze it. Well, that is right in the heart of the plate. Middle in, that's a sweet spot for a left-handed hitter. And that ball is launched out of here. I mean, it's way gone, but that's how it goes. Big league hitters are going to make you pay. That is the reality of the situation here. Okay, let's move to this case. This is Baltimore again. I believe this was Grayson's first start in Baltimore. Brent Rooker, who we also had on the program here. Uh, shout out, Brent. Great hitter, had a great season. Grayson Rodriguez here. Again, his next pitch that he loves to throw is his changeup, but his changeup is really set up by that fastball. And in this case, he might have done a good job with it, you know, overall. But the problem is that when you hang your changeup, and in this case, 0-2 count, if you're going to throw a changeup, it's got to be deceiving enough. It wasn't deceiving enough, and it was left up. And Brent Rooker on this pitch, if we freeze it, that's right middle-middle. Great place to be, great place to hit. Brent smokes the ball to the left center, got a base hit, inning keeps going, and that's another reason and example of this. So the trend here is you're going to see Grayson loves throwing his changeup. 3-1 pitch again. I know he's expecting a hitter at the plate. I think that's Garcia. Um Change up, look at the location. Right down the middle, right? Right down the middle, base hit, runner scores. Again, this is all good. And the reason why I bring this up, 2-1 count here, Grayson's a power pitcher, and he does have a fantastic changeup. But when you're missing with your location where your fastball is not getting the hitters off enough of it, your changeup's going to be less deceptive, and you can't afford to miss as much. So in this case, 2-1 pitch, where is it? If you guys can look, Kevin, that's right down the right middle. Right down the middle. And that ball is gone. So just to give a little bit more of an emphasis on this, the location's important. This next one's going to hurt, but it was kind of awesome to watch if you're a baseball fan. I'm sorry, Grayson. Otani, OO count. You want to keep him off balance. I get it. So you want to go an off-speed pitch. But the problem is you hang the curveball, and that ball is also right down the middle, and that ball is almost to Utah Street. One of the furthest balls hit in Baltimore. Now let's go to the fun part because this is where the second half of the season now where Grayson turned it on to me. And this is the Grayson Rodriguez I think we're going to see this year moving forward. Okay. CJ Abrams, 0 2 count. Grayson, now I want you guys to have an emphasis on where the fastball is going to be located here. Okay. This isn't his best one, but right there, Grayson misses kind of upper part of the strike zone, kind of in. CJ Abrams misses. Okay. Could have been a better pitch. Sure, but 98, tough place to hit. Grayson's feeling good. This might be the next two, sorry, this, this stretch of these are, are all my favorite. That's why I picked them. 3-2 count. Josh Lowe, no one on, no outs. You don't want to walk the first guy. And this is what I'm talking about, Grayson Rodriguez's fastball being an absolute weapon. You see all the great pitchers out there, the real stars, aces, they pitch off of their fastball, and their fastball is the thing that really can dominate, Okay. So here's Grayson Rodriguez. Watch this pitch. That ball just keeps running. And what are you supposed to do? That ball is right on the dot, 99 miles an hour. Nothing you can do about it. And that's what Grayson's capable of doing. This one, Rafael Devers, one of the best players in baseball. You are going to see on these next videos a trend of unbelievable hitters, by the way. 0-2 count. Grayson Rodriguez is going to climb the ladder right here. 
and watch where he throws this ball. That, to me, if you're teaching kids out there, for anyone that's wondering to teach how to use a fastball, this is how you use a fastball. You set it up right at the top of the zone, and because of Grayson's ball, you have a feeling that it's going to go like this, right? And as a hitter, you feel like, I got to swing at it. It's a good pitch to hit, and I have to protect. And all of a sudden, that ball just keeps rising. That's what Grayson Rodriguez does. Rafael Devers doesn't have a chance. So gooey. And this is probably the one that is the most impressive. Juan Soto, another guy the Orioles are going to see a lot this year. Yankees. One of the best hitters, and I'm going to break down Soto at a different point because I think people really need to understand and appreciate how great of a hitter he is. One-two count, one of the hardest hitters to put away. Juan Soto is great with two strikes. Watch this location. Elevated heater. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can throw a fastball better than this. That's 100 miles an hour with a little bit of run. And Juan, again, thinks it's a strike, and he has to swing at it. Swings right underneath it, strike out. There it is. Shall we keep moving in the program? Corey Seager. And this actually I think was earlier in the season, but 3-2 count. Corey's expecting fastball. Watch this ball run. So Corey is thinking, well, that ball's starting off as a strike, and right at the end that ball keeps going and rises. When Grace Rodriguez locates his fastball, as you see, he can be unhittable to the best hitters in baseball. And you're starting to see that. Don't believe me? Let's go down the list yet again. Luis Robert, this guy likes to hunt fastballs. I faced him the first game in high A in 2019. Frederick Keys, he had two jacks against us. The dude's a stud. So I just want to point this out. Luis Robert, 2-2. He's thinking heater. Watch this ball move. So right here, it looks like it's right on the line. And therefore, Luis Robert, with how fast this is coming in, 99 miles an hour, you only have a little bit of time to react. But the ball is going to keep uh, cutting in, and Luis Robert picks it up too late, can't check his swing, 100 miles an hour. Like, this is what I'm talking about, having the, a weapon of a, as a fastball as Grayson Rodriguez. And I'm really believing that this is the reason why Grayson Rodriguez was having so much success in the second half. Look at all the locations of these pitches. Truly tremendous. Andrew Benatendi, see him. Nothing you can do as a hitter. If a guy makes a pitch like that, you tip your hat and you say, I'm getting out of here, that was impressive. Because you have to protect that part of the plate as well. This is the last thing. And I brought up earlier about the change-ups, okay? Right? I brought it up. Kevin, you have a thought? You're good. No, I'm good. Okay, good to see you. Um, this is how you play off of your change-up here, and this is the example. Grayson obviously has other really good pitches. Change-up, slider, right? Curveball, he throws his other pitches. But the fastball sets everything up. This might be the most impressive of it, okay? George Springer, one-two count. You can see it's the third inning. Grayson is going to challenge him with the fastball. Not the best location, but got George Springer whiffing, missing, goes back to the dugout. This is where it gets exciting. Check it. Next at bat, same count. One-two, fifth inning. Grayson's going to drop the changeup on him. So when you already have this feeling where this ball is going straight and it's got some fuzz and you know you got to cheat, then you drop off that changeup that just drops off the table. And this is what happens with Grayson and George. So right now, he's thinking that's a fastball and realizes too late it's not woof. That's what makes Grayson Rodriguez so unstoppable. His fastball sets up every other pitch. And what you saw in the later videos, his fastball command was precise. And if Grayson Rodriguez can do this, if Kyle Bradish was healthy, guys, or even uh, Corbin Burns or all of it, it's not going to make a difference. 
because Grayson Rodriguez has a chance to be the best of all of them. Grayson Rodriguez has a chance to be an all-star this year, and it wouldn't be surprise me if this Grayson Rodriguez, if he throws these types of pitches and locates with that 100-mile-an-hour fastball, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be a Cy Young Award winner in Baltimore, and he's going to be a big reason why this team continues to take steps forward. That's all I got for this breakdown for the day, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that part of it. I know it's a lot. We're trying to figure it out, but we're going to have more of these. So let us know, by the way, what you're thinking and who else we can do. All right. Kevin. It's, my, it's my time My time to shine. I'm sorry about my take earlier to all the people in the comments. Uh, since my government name is Locked on Ravens, I thought I would uh, do a mini Ravens thing here. We, we, we have, we've, you know, this is the offseason. We're, we're going to get to free agency soon. But there have been a couple of names that Bleacher Report has put out that have been interesting in terms of uh, who the Ravens could go after. One of them, Brian Burns, who I think the Ravens are looking for an edge rusher. And uh, depending on what happens to Jadavian Clowney and Kyle Van Noy, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Clowney slash Van Noy. Burns would it'd be a tag and trade if it were to happen. Burns is a free agent. It's a, it, the proposal from Bleacher Report was a first round pick, a third round pick, and David Ajabo for Brian Burns. Plus, you got to pay Brian Burns as well. Burns is a great player. I just don't know if you, if in this economy, as Ryan, you so say, you can give up a first round pick with the way that Lamar's contract is and the first round picks with a fifth year option on there are so important. I love Brian Burns. I think he's yeah. awesome, but I just think with the draft capital plus a young edge rusher, I'd love Brian Burns of Baltimore. And I don't know. It might just be too much. If Brian, if Brian Burns was coming to Baltimore for that price and he wasn't getting that massive contract afterwards, then that's sure. reasonable. But I think, like you said, I just don't see with Lamar's contract, you can give up those assets and also have to pay him. Right. So I, don't, I just don't see that being realistic. Also, I do want to point out, Ryan breaking down Grayson Rodriguez got me so fired oh, up yeah. for baseball. You I should, should have seen him. I was standing behind the camera <laughs> and Grayson would throw 100 miles an hour and I was like jumping up and down. I was like, this is so disgusting. Grayson Rodriguez gets. I think it's cool though that up. we can see the progression from where he was yeah. and where he located those pitches the first half of the year, mm -hmm. and then obviously him get him being able to come back up, and it was just so it was so different in the mistakes he was making earlier. It's just the progression of a young player, right? Yeah. You're gone. Yep, and that's why I'm here is to help you guys with all of that. Well, hey guys, we got to get out of here. Uh, this was. We're going to do more. Let us know who we should break down next. I know the lavalier mics are different. It's not going to sound as good as this, but we're going to work on it. That's just how it goes. Uh, but any thoughts or concerns, uh, let us know. Like and subscribe on the way out. We're doing this every Monday and Thursday. Listen to us on Spotify and Apple. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do. And as always, for Kevin, Brad, and Zach. Sorry, that's Zach. That's his name. Yeah. And I'm Ryan Ripkin. We appreciate you guys. Have a day. Have a night. Have a weekend. We will see you again on Monday for another episode of The Ryan Ripkin Show. Peace. Good stuff. Good kids.